Hello and welcome to the Red Peking Pinecast, coming to you on a Monday rather than the usual Saturday, Sunday weekend. Apologies for that, but hopefully you'll still enjoy it. This week we had the privilege of having the club president, John McCarthy, on the podcast, and it was an interesting chat with lots of crack involved, as usual. John brought us all the way back to the start of the club, the reforming of the club in the mid-80s, and the success that followed. It was a brilliant chat. We really hope you enjoy it. And we hope that you all have a good week in Rathpeakin and other places, but mainly in Rathpeakin. So sit back, relax, have a glass of whatever you want, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Have a good one. Slancha, I have no beer with me this week now, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Slancha, uh, welcome to. <laughs> so we're pleased to pleased to welcome a lifelong Rathpeak and men. We're very privileged and honoured to have the president of uh, the club on this week's podcast, and we're been looking forward to this one actually you now for a while. Um, so welcome, John. How are you getting on? Thank you. Nice to meet you. Um, so I was hoping you could tell us, um, and me I suppose, as the youngest, I wouldn't know all the stories about it, but the start of Red Peak and Club back in the 60s, late 50s, you were saying there, was it? Yeah. My first uh, involvement in Jay was uh, where I was born, actually, I was born in Kilcullby. And down the road, from me, about halfway down the road, you had Kilbarry, which had four Jay pitches. Across the road, you had a soccer pitch which at the time was very, very few in Cork. So there was a plenty of sport around this. There's that time as well, like there was a lot of boating on the road. Uh, there was a lot of, there was, was cycles around that weekend, a lot of cycles for Blarney. But in my younger days, I used to go down to the uh, Kilbarry. That time, uh, Glen Rose were a big team in Cork. In fact, like, they usually had half, half the Cork team from the Glen. And myself and Teddy O'Brien, who played with Cocker after, we used to go down to the Kilbarry and we used to pop the ball back into the Glen Rovers, which included Christy Ring and half the Cork team, as they say. Like. And uh, that uh, gave us a bit of passion for the for the year, like, you know? And uh, even there, a few times we played football with Christy Ring. <laughs> when they did that in the stressing room, we'd be inside in the in old railway carriage. But most of them would go home, Ringy would come out and he'd someday start playing football with some lads, young fellas around the place. But uh, that was my first uh, involvement. Like. That time, there was no team from that peak and around the area. But then, uh, in the, uh, around 57, 58, 59, Blarney J Club decided to run an under 16 football tournament in, in the parish of Blarney to strengthen the Blarney Club. So they, they invited a team in from the Rappeakin area, Hoyt Church, Kerry Pike, and Groves and Blarney. So that was under 16, that's 13 aside. 
So, uh, eventually, Brad Peak and Earl White just played in the final. Brad Peak and won the match. But there was an objection came in, <laughs> which uh, White just awarded the match. The reason for the objection was that uh, Blarney had a rule that anybody who played in the tournament they could not be involved with another club. But unfortunately, Matt Peak and played two players from the area but who were playing with the piercing on the ridge and we were um, <clears throat> we lost the match over it. But, uh, I think the cup is still around the Arctic near it, never went back. You you were asking about the cup, John. Um I don't know where it is. But every, every Christmas I said every every Christmas we have a drink out of it. So but I don't know where it is. <laughs> but I'll tell you where it is now, lads. <laughs> Yeah, I think we got the cup and White just got the medals. That's it, that's it, exactly it. Yeah, I think they, <laughs> it went to the bishop or something, didn't it? And he decided. So anyway, the result of that was, uh, like, as I said, there was no team in, in the areas at the time. The following year, White decided that they formed the Longier Club and they formed the club. And the following year, Matt Deacon formed the club. And the following year, soon after, Glona Lee founded the club in Kerry Pike. So... Instead of strengthening the family club, especially led to the founding another three clubs. But it was okay then I think in the started off in uh, football. And uh, after a few years um, we played minor. The first trophy Rapik never won was the minor hurling league in nineteen sixty-two for the Belly Cahan in the final. And uh, there was actually a pretty good team, like uh, in the uh, country area where you get a good team every so often. Like we won that B, it was, might not be her league. The following year, we were actually promoted to be A grade, which is premium now, like, but we were totally over our depth because a lot of the players who played previous to run over age. And also that year, uh, my first team after when I went to Norton Mine. Uh, I was with all these other new guys and actually we came and I to play with us so he actually played with Owen Rose in the Pear Street uh, for a couple of years uh, until I was captain of the under 15 team one year and uh, went into the final of the championship we got into the final didn't the Pear Street mentor Tony Eric they said uh, that I was, I was losing the captaincy because I didn't turn up for the semi-final <laughs> so Michael Ellard who was Journalist after when the examiner Michael, he gave Michael the captaincy. The reason I didn't turn up was that time I was probably making hay or something like you know. <laughs> 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 and then that was that was my last game with the Pierce. I tell you that. Then, like, but the following year, then there was a team called Father Callens. Was not the president Father Callens. Father Callens, and it was a on the sixteen only. It was no at the club. But there was players involved in it from Matt Pekin, the Glen, and Father Cannons himself. Um, from Matt Pekin, that time, you had uh, George O'Reilly, David Carlos, Pat Gargan, Sean O'Neill, and myself. And we won everything that was to win in the A grade in the city. And we also went with the, there was a, a, the county board organized a number 16 competition for ground hurling only. Was called the deep battle shields. Uh, uh, you couldn't lift the ball, but you would catch the ball if you caught it out of the air. Mm-hmm. And we went, in, we went into the final of the county 
Deathenders, it was the two best teams in the city and all the divisions put in the team as well. And we went into the final of it and we played Emo Killy in the final, which was played in the old Cork Parky Keith Athletic Grounds. It was before the county final of the Glen and UCC, which that time had attendances of 25 to 30,000 people. Like. But we were, we were actually well beat in that final, like, but uh, my best memory of it was uh, <laughs> my father said to me, yeah, he said, you, you were a disgrace to have the He said, you played a full match with the jersey inside out. That was that. And then, John, what, what was, were you in the forwards or the backs, John, back in those days? I was playing in the back knowing in that match. But, uh, that time I was the same age group that time I was uh, with some good players. with Charlie McCarthy that time was there with Redmond's. Conroach David Croc, he was playing with Bishopstown. And that time Gerald McCarthy would have been a year older, like there was some good good players so on that time, right? But anyway, that was it, that was the end of the four Callahan's and then, then John, just uh, can I ask a question? I'm, I'm intrigued by that now in terms of it was just ground hurling. Um so was the majority of the scores in the game, was it just goals that was being scored or were lads like popping it over the bar or, or how did that work? In the, in the, in the ground hurling? Yeah. 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 You would get points as well, eh? but as I say, you could catch the ball in the air, but you couldn't lift it. But I say it, it would be a lot of goals scored, you know, but it would mm. get certain amount of points. Eh? But I think in the final match, it was a good few goals scored against us. <laughs> Another memories of that time like, was the band. Uh, um, you know, like, uh, if, if you went to a soccer match or a rugby match, or if you played soccer or played rugby, you'd be suspended. But that time, I would say, it was four degree pitches in Kilbarry and a crossroad with a soccer pitch. At the time, you also had a, a vigilante committee in, in every county in Ireland, like, which, if you're watching, watching it, uh, Soccer match, it was, it was actually the chairman of the vigilante with was a guy called Sean O'Dwyer, who's old Delaney's, and he used to stand outside the soccer pitch coming from us. And there was no diction on the soccer pitch, like you know, just an open place. Like he stand that was just outside of If you walk behind his back, you could suspend it for six months. We wouldn't know, John, but when was the ban introduced? Was the ban was introduced in the early part of the century. Right. The reason for it was to, to stop British soldiers or the RIC playing GA. They probably wouldn't play anywhere like that. Mm. That time, yeah. like, there was a lot of uh, has to be the RIC and that, like, you know, some of them would have been Irish, like. It was actually, it, like, that time, soccer people and GA people didn't really mix. Where? You know, there was a coldness between them. You know, there was no actually physical assault on them, but there was a coldness between the people. We were kind of classes of different people. But the best one of all that time was, was, uh, was in Limerick, where Mick Mackey was a famous one of, he was a famous in Ireland, and he's yeah. especially young, right? Yeah. But Mickey Mackey went to rugby and soccer all the time. But uh, then the Limerick County Board approached him and said, Look, Mick, we're getting hassle from Cork Park. It's well known that you're attending soccer matches and rugby matches. Right? So if you, if you don't stop me, you have to be suspended. So I don't care what he's saying, I'm going to continue. Attending soccer and rugby, right? So how they got around it was they made they formed a vigilante committee and made Big Mackey chairman of the vigilante committee. 
<laughs> Irish politics, so, mate. We could watch Fanny Ratchie, right? <laughs> so that was one of the tricks of the tree. I think what was some great tricks there. <laughs> was there any um was there any famous bands, John? Any famous players that got banned? Uh, was there any famous players that got banned that we did? There was it was actually this whole Ballinor GA Club started. There was some black rock players suspended, and some didn't take it. In fact, it was two of the county players, one was a Tom Forlan, another one was a Martin Thompson. Well, into county players, and they yeah. left Black Rock to join Ballinor. Where? Also, at that time, you had Jimmy Brown, who was a famous team who played for Park team for years. You probably heard him from Black Rock. Yeah. His brother Bobby was playing a goal across Celtic soccer team, and apparently he never seen him play. Where? So that is a. Uh, and oh. times, like, how long did it? When did it? When did it end? The band was here until 1970. Right. It was uh, the defeat at the Congress in uh, in Belfast in 1970. So a lot of clubs still uh, kind of held on officially. Like, I think mm. like, there was a problem with Denny Allen who played for Cork. Like, yeah. I think Nemo was suspended Denny Allen at one time and or wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't even play like he missed out on the 1973 All football when Cork beat Colby in the final. And at Rapikin's level, John, would it have been forced? I mean, like, would at that kind of club level, junior A, junior B, would people have enforced the ban or would would people just have torn the blind eye? Uh, certain clubs, you know, obviously, certain clubs now. Uh, would be strict, others wouldn't be like, you know what I mean? But, uh, the fact, one of the biggest, was a huge scene, I was well in the G at that time, one of the, was, it, as I said, it was four pitches in Kilbarry, right? That time, you know, kids could own them, be full of, you know, every night that we played, we'd, there was Rat Den Rovers, Vinci Rat Peak, and Delaney's. At that time, there was other junior clubs around the city centre, who used to come and go, like Father Matthews, Matt Talbot. And, but, when television came into Ireland around the mid 60s, late 60s, suddenly the crowd that was along the pitch playing dropped off because television really? was a big novelty, right? So I said, I was going watching television instead of going training. Like, you know? I mean, one time it was a freak and we playing with a shot of players and the cars were guys' house picking to go take them to a match. And his mother came over and just said, would you ever mind waiting another 10 minutes? <laughs> called the fugitive. <laughs> he wants to watch at the end of the fugitive. <laughs> Tell us, John, just um, back to the to the 60s there with the team. So Rapika went up junior A at some stage there in the mid-late 60s. Yeah. They say, no, we won the minor hurling in 62 on a Wednesday night, and then the Friday night, they won the junior B football. Right. Against the pair fig, then they went up Juno A. And in 1965, 1964 or 65, they went into the Galen Junior Championship final, which were narrowly beaten by the pair fig. And the pair fig, I think, the year or two after, eventually there was no intermediate football at the time, they were up senior. Rapid in that time had small numbers, and they eventually. They, 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 the most they ever had five, four or five subs like eventually you know, right. they, went, they went back down again like. 
Actually, won the Max Sweeney Cup in 1965, which wasn't played until 1966, because we drew it maybe twice. We beat him the third time. But that time, the Max Sweeney Cup was a massive competition, because you know what Charles Max Sweeney was the Lord Mayor of Hawkeye who died on hunger strike mm. right, in that time, yeah. in 65. They'd be a lot of, by, of his comrades that's still alive last year, right? Right. Around 1921 or something, like 40 years later, to be in the 60s. Yeah. But that was the biggest achievement ever way back then, was to win the Max Sweeney Cup, because that time there was some pretty strong teams in the city in June. And right was, was that picking team, John, a kind of, did that stem from that under 16 team in the Blarney Parish League and that under 15 team yourself and George and others were on? Was it all kind of those cohort of players, or did you get new players from outside? Or? They were all. Uh, they were all local players that time. Like, right. That time, when we won the minor hurling in 62, there was a lot of brothers in it. And there was three Gargans on the mm. minor team. Mm. Like, there had been two rare ones, George Rearden and the brother Dick, mm-hmm. who would be a priest. A couple of Donovans there. Because the like, families were much bigger that time, right? And mm. kids were born pretty soon after, I mean, 12 months, 18 months or something after the previous mm. one. But, uh, that was, uh, then they say the following year, we won the minor football. We'd be at least in the final. But again, there was an objection to the team. <laughs> uh, there was some guy from Blarney player with us. He wasn't transferred properly. And we were. We won't ask you to name this. We won't ask you to name the secretary of the time, so John, you might get in trouble with really. <laughs> <laughs> so Obviously, there was some administration problems at the beginning of, of Rappeakin's uh, existence here. Um. <laughs> yeah, then, then I think Rappeakin, I, 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 I walked in England, I went, I went to England, uh, I was about 20, for first time I went over there. I, uh, I did. I played Harley once or twice, but that time I had different interests in England because uh, there was a very good social life in England, London at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were playing soccer there for a second, John. I thought that's what you were going to There was a saying among the Irish that some people said like, that Ireland was free in 1921. More people said you didn't feel free until you reached Holly Head. <laughs> <laughs> or Fishcat or whatever, like, you know. But, uh, I played a bit of hurling. I was come home. I came home for a couple of years and I'm back again. I played a good bit then, right? But, uh, I played. I got a couple of games in London. I played an intermediate, one of them. He won a, a championship Britain intermediate. I played two in another time. And I got one seed in a match for them around 1978. We played against Galloway in a tournament. But uh, I said I had one of the shortest. Inter county careers ever. <laughs> that was a senior uh, match with London, John, is it? I, London, yeah, I was taken off after about 25 minutes. <laughs> I played the London senior final once oh, really? in the, and I one of my best games. I picked the London team and we over celebrated this during the week. I won in the best condition the following week, so I got a who finger as they call it after about 25 minutes but that time playing against playing against Galway was a great experience like you know what I mean you didn't uh, absolutely realise how good these guys are when you play against them yeah yeah, yeah. the standard was good uh, so John at that time was it in London 
in London. That was that time, yeah, because in, in, in the 60s and 70s, there was a huge Irish population in London. There was a lot of senior teams there, like, mm. and uh, there were some good players there. That time, you know, um, the London team we played, and there was two teams, Finberg, Gantley, and Frank Canning. They were not on with Galvin two years later. Frank Canning, you know, right. he was top player. He was uh, Joe Canning's uncle. Okay. But uh, mm. well, going back to Rat Peak, and I didn't when uh, when I came back from England, it was Rat Peak that was gone. And uh, so it's like, I think playing in London, I said, What club do you play? What club do you play? I said, I don't play with So what club is gone? So one day, that time, the pub in Rat Peak and Dan Jim's at the time was beginning to take off a bit, right? Shoes in the pub started talking. It's a really wouldn't be great. Just chat off at Peking again. They saw that was say George Ware, no McNeil, myself, McLeone. We decided we'd call a meeting. It's in 1983, and put quote on up the meeting, and we formed. Uh, we decided to we formed at Peking, and uh, that was on October, and uh, straight away we. That's a, uh, my house I'm living in old we we say so we can have the pit can be there to to try to, to to play like so the following there was a meeting I made the week the following week we had a goal for something the pitch was that time Sylvie Cotter was a Kenneth Farrell, George Reardon, and you know, Mick Lumi, Goggins, all them got post, we had post up an hour in a few days there. And Every Sunday, uh, and we put we put posts in that room with this, and uh, it was a long time football. And uh, every Sunday morning for the next couple of months, used to be a good crowd turned up over in the in the, in the pitch. And there, uh, Dennis Murphy, the man of law, Dennis was the referee. The match we did get, we go to pick two teams, and with Dennis was the referee. And, uh, there was some other. There was obviously this transfer of a lot of players from. Different clubs. Eh? There was a few good players actually. We used to play there, like, but they didn't actually play with us. Like. Mm. But um, later, like, but then we got a county board gave us a pitch on Kilbarry. So off we went. We won the first eight matches we played. We won. Go ahead. The first match we played was against White Cross or neighbouring team, which we beat. Because I always remember Tomas McCarthy actually was Tomas over forty that day. So scored the first point. <laughs> so, That'd be Terence's father. Yeah. Scored the first point. Tomas, he, won county, he, he won a county minor hold with the Pearson as well. Right. Nice. But, uh, anyway, we won, eventually won the league. Oh, right. And uh, that time, one of us selected was McNagel. Unfortunately, the night of the, the, of the match, like, yeah, uh, Mick was found dead the following morning. And, uh, there was a fire in his house. And Mick. Oh. Days and that was a little bit of a damper on it. We won the C and did the following. We were on the final of the B, but eventually, then they were up and down from A and B like for a few years, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. Then they, they, a couple of years they, they put in Harley, Harley team, and uh, they done quite well in the Harley as well. They went into a few county finals. Of course, they didn't win them. They were unlucky in one of them, yesterday, unlucky in one of them against. Uh, 
Done really, isn't it? John, just a couple of questions. Um, it's been a great conversation to, to to draw us to a close. So, first of all, you know, as a as a player, and and I don't know if you're ever a selector or involved in the management side, but I'd be interested to know your most memorable moment, um, either in the Rat Peak in Jersey or or on the sideline. Is there anything that sticks out in in, in your mind over the years? Yeah, and um, say. The first thing I left Beacon was the minor hurling in 1962. It was the yeah. first thing that was greatly. Um, as a player, then I think the following couple of nights later, left Beacon played at June of B. Football Championship final again. It's in the Pierce, which they won it. That was the first time winning anything. Like, I think it's always the best time, right? Like, um, yeah. Later on, I think um, when we won the Max Sweeney Cup, which was a, a very big competition at the time, it was very sought after the Max Sweeney Cup, and that was a fantastic thing to win that day, especially after two replays, went to three matches to, to win it. Was, um, wow. Oh, John, the Max Sweeney Cup, who, who did you beat in, in that one? We beat Mayfield, and that time, as I said, junior football that time was very strong because there was no intermediate. There was no intermediate grade in Cork at the time, and Cork was a big county. Like, and uh, this, uh, even at that time, we were beating the championship final by Napier Street. Napier Street was seen in either the following year or the year after, like, you know. But um, yeah, that was a big occasion. It was a. Uh, there was a lot of passion attached to when the club restarted in, in back in 1984. We won the Junior C, which <laughs> doesn't sound very big, but that time it was a great thing for us to win. In fact, I do believe that time Junior C, there was a, a few players who had played for Cork, famous like uh, Tom Lyons. Now had played with Cork. Richie Manny had played with Cork. Richie Manny had been different. Richie won an all in the middle. I think he won an all in the middle as well with, with the Glen. Tom Lyons had played for Cork. Stephen Hayes, they had to play for us and he played minor football and hurling for Cork. John O'Grady was from Limerick and he played in Munster Senior Rugby with the young Munster of Surrey. And then they went to your strong. They, they, the, a lot of people talk like we were wasting our time trying to speak after the top. But uh, yeah. so. Uh, in a way, in a way, you're trying to prove these things wrong. But anyway, um, as well, some people told us not to restart the bus. John, just you, you touched on it there um, just a while ago about you know securing the future of the club. What, what are your hopes for the future of Rath Peak and Club? Well, they say that you must, you have no, you have no future unless you have an underage, you know. And uh, if possible at all, like to try and run a team like. On your own, mm-hmm. uh, because I know it's not. It's easy. Like, it looks. You've loads of kids now, like uh, going up there, probably from five years up. Like the, the, then, to keep them there is another. Is, 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 is the trick, like you know. Mm. Uh, it seems. I've seen it lo- loads of clubs that tell you they have loads of players like at a very young age, but when they when they when they get up to. Uh, under 14 or under 16, they're dropping off. Like. In fact, 
Well, his son parted on the bridge with Southsea's and he wouldn't um, they wouldn't feel it when you're right. And by the time they, that team got up to minor, I think there was only about two or three of them left. Jeez. From that only really? Four, four, in, in Sarsfields, yeah, mm. uh, that's only about four years. So uh, that that's incredible for a senior club in such a big, big population in an area, right? You know, they still had other players. They had enough for a small, club. but uh, yeah, like, I know. the times, like you know. But I think like if you grow up with a club or your own club all the ways, like you you'll have the passion, mm. you know. Mm. But um, they, uh, when there was no club in that peak, when I came back from England, I played with the Lanes for a few for a few years. And uh, one of one of the loads of things with the Lanes, I well, you wouldn't get the same kick out. The Lanes were beautiful, great guys in the club and everything, but you wouldn't get the same passion out of it like as your own club, like you know? mm. where you're from. Like it's uh, there used to be a guy down famous guy in Cork County, where Dennis Conway from Cali too, like and his camp was. Show me the man that does not love the place where he was born. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, that, but he's a great, great character. Dennis Conroy, yeah. He's a hard man. So, John, if we, if we put, if we put um, an underage team on the pitch and we bring home a cup this year and we give you a drink out of the cup that was won in 1959 or 1960, whenever it was, <laughs> you'll, be, uh, you'll be passionate by Christmas, will you? <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Your New Year's wish. When we went to school as well, we were lucky enough. There was a, the headmaster there was a Sean O'Creadon. He was uh, back from Ballingary. but he used to play. We used to play football every day in over my peak in school, and he used to play with us. Like you know, he was a great GM, and like that. Um, he like it all helps like to give you an interest, like you know. Yeah. And because uh, remember actually when there was a new there was a a teacher came in there after and he was a soccer man. And uh, he used to sometimes take over the small ones and start playing soccer with uh, Sean O'Creer and the headmaster, I think, was uh, he had no other problem with him for uh, <laughs> winning soccer around the first. You should have got the ban. Get the vigilantes out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, so, John, yeah. um, thanks a million for your time tonight. Um, we got through our technical difficulties earlier on. Not a bother on you. Yeah. But it's been Sorry fascinating to hear the stories. Not, no bother. But it's been fascinating, John, to hear um, your passion about the stories back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, very early days and then with the, the regrouping of the club and stuff, as you said. Um, you know, it's always insightful to hear from somebody different. Um, you know, as president of the club, we're delighted to have you on on this tonight. And hopefully, the the listeners will will enjoy um, listening back to the stair at the weekend. So, thanks a million, John. Much appreciated, especially in the weeknight. So, thank you. And thank you very much for having me. Delighted. Thanks, John.